Welcome to Miles and Smiles, a podcast about love, service, and discovery. I'm your host, Julie Hatch. Join me on this adventure called life. To connect with me, visit thetruelovetour.com. Welcome to Miles and Smiles. This episode is going to be about when your truth is not another person's truth and vice versa, when their truth is not yours. It is about celebrating and our differences and why that is so important. So stay tuned. More is on its way. What is a trigger? We hear this word a lot, and I just want to take a moment and define it. A trigger is when you feel an, a, a heavy emotional reaction or response to what another person is saying or doing, or it could even be to something in your environment. It could be a color, a scent, like a smell. It can be a tune on the radio. There are several things that can cause us to feel an emotional, heavy reaction. That, my friends, is a trigger. But triggers aren't necessarily bad things. When I was going to school, we had a requirement where we had to read one book a month. And one of the books that I chose changed my life forever. It is a book by Debbie Ford called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. I thought this was such an interesting title for a book, and it intrigued me. But I had no idea how much it would truly impact me and my life for the better. It is about our shadow sides, the sides of ourselves that we're afraid to bring to light, that we judge very harshly. It's about learning how to acknowledge that side of ourselves instead of judging it and fearing it and trying to deny it. It doesn't mean that when we do this, we're letting ourselves off the hook by any means, but there is a true and real need to acknowledge that side of ourselves, especially during times of our lives when we feel triggered. I learned a lot when I was going to school. I went to school at the Institute of Healing Arts to learn and become certified in emotional processing. We learned many there's a, there's a term for it, and it's called, let's see if I can remember it, because we, we learned many different techniques. Oh, experiential psychology. We learned many techniques pertaining to experiential psychology. 
we learned NLP and CBT and inner child work and many, many different uh, methods that have served me my whole life through. Years ago when I had a podcast, I think it was Quella Talk Radio was the name of my podcast at the time, and I was in a business partnership with a friend of mine. But I did this podcast where I interviewed several different um, alternative healers. They were into alternative forms of healing. And they would come on the show, I would interview them, and they would share all about the different methods or modalities that they specialized in. And my very, I think it was my very first episode. It might have been for All in Talk Radio when I went solo with my business and left my partnership. But at any rate, earlier on, I did this podcast that was about five, it shared five steps in processing your emotions. And in doing so, when you do it, it it leads you to a sense of empowerment where you can acknowledge and examine and then make a decision about how you want to move forward because now you know, right? It's almost as if you receive a diagnosis and now you can decide how you want to treat whatever is wrong or whatever the problem is. But I want to, I want to just highlight some of these steps. They may not be in order and it's been a long time since I condensed them into five steps, but I don't think I don't think they've changed much, so I will do my best to share with you some of the steps that I've learned to take whenever I feel triggered. So I think the first step that's the most important is stopping and acknowledging when you feel heavy emotions. Pause. When you feel triggered by what somebody else is saying or doing, or by something in your environment, when you start feeling emotional, and it's a heavy emotion, I don't use the words negative and positive to describe emotions. Because I think our emotions, we whether they're heavy or light can teach us. So I prefer to call them heavy or light. (laughs) But when you feel a heavy emotion, the first thing to do is to acknowledge it. Simply acknowledging it can help to diffuse the emotional charge. If you are feeling angry, it can help to subdue that. If you're feeling uh, jealousy or if you're feeling sadness, any of those heavy emotions, just acknowledging that you feel that way is really, in essence, honoring your truth. It's recognizing what is true to you in that moment. I feel there is ownership in doing this. We are owning how we feel, but it doesn't mean we have to hold on to that forever. I would say that we don't want to necessarily take up residence with our heavy emotions because they can do a lot of internal damage. Uh, Our emotional health directly affects our mental health, our physical health, and our spiritual health. They all are interconnected. So when we have an emotional, heavy emotional reaction to something and we're carrying around that heavy emotion, it can be very toxic to ourselves. And so we don't necessarily want to live there. We want to be able to acknowledge and then we want to be able to address. The next step to acknowledging it is to ask yourself and to identify 
what belief you have about yourself. What does it mean if somebody feels XYZ or thinks XYZ? Or if you're having a memory that you're recalling, what is happening in that memory and what does it mean about you? What is that belief? Now, when I went to school, we learned four core beliefs that just about every belief that we have about ourselves can be stripped down to four core beliefs that have to do with our right brain and our left brain. So those four core beliefs are, one, I think I'm unlovable. Two, I feel I'm unlovable. Three, I think I'm not good enough. Four, I feel I'm not good enough. It's interesting to me that these are the four core beliefs that we often attach ourselves to. I'm sure there are others, and it's okay if there are others, but those are four that this, you know, there's been so many times when I've examined my own feelings that I have seen them come down to those four points. So I think there's a lot of truth to this. But learning to identify that belief that you hold about yourself is sort of like receiving a diagnosis. I believe this. This is what's going on with me. That When this happens, it is reaffirming this belief that I have about myself, about my life, or about others. And it's usually a negative belief. So acknowledge, identify. Okay. Once you identify what your belief is, Then you need to decide what your need is. What is your need in this? What do you need out of this situation? What do you need the outcome to be? What do you need to feel and think about yourself that is causing you to feel defensive? What is that need? There is so much power in identifying our needs. It's amazing and quite remarkable, really, because once you identify what your need is, then you can make a decision about whether what you're doing has been working or not, and whether you need to change it up. We usually, once we can understand what we need, the next question you can ask yourself is, how do I behave in these scenarios? When I feel triggered, how do I behave? Now we're looking at the behavior. Is it really working? Okay. Now, to an extent it is, we do what we do when we don't know what else to do. To an extent it works, or we wouldn't keep doing it. Uh, Maybe we just want to be heard, and so we slam cupboards to get attention, okay? And we get attention, but guess what kind of attention? It's usually a negative attention. So then you have to ask yourself, is it really working? Am I really getting the result that I need and want? Because most of the time... When we're triggered and we have a a behavior that we identify, it's usually a negative behavior that is yielding an unpleasant result. It's really not working. It comes with a cost. And if it comes with a cost, it's not really a solution, is it? So this is at the point where we have to stop and decide, what can I do differently to achieve the result that I need? without manipulating, without exploding, without slamming cupboards or drawers or storming off and abandoning people or shutting down and giving the cold shoulder or whatever it is that you're responding, what is a different way, a healthier way and a better way to get the desired result in order to fulfill my need? 
sometimes it can be as simple as simply choosing to change your belief about yourself and your environment. When you can look back at your inner child, and everybody has one, you guys, when we're little children, our brains aren't fully developed. And so we don't have the ability to reason and rationalize. Due to that, we sometimes form what I call faulty beliefs, beliefs that aren't 100% true about ourselves. Our pain distorts our reality, and we start filtering life through our reality. All of the beliefs that we form, usually from our childhood, are carried with us clear up into adulthood until they are healed, which is why there are things that sometimes trigger a certain time in our life when we felt that pain, it triggers a memory and it will come to the surface. And sometimes it really has the capacity to catch you off guard. It can really, really upset the apple cart and just turn things upside down when it happens. A lot of times we don't, we don't see it coming. It just happens. (laughs) And before we know it, we are dealing with a massive amount of pain or just angst or whatever that heavy emotion is. So in really looking into those things that trigger us, we're able to identify the parts of ourselves that need to be healed. And I think this has taught me that triggers are really a gift. They're red flags that alert us to the unhealed parts of ourselves that need some tender loving care and attention right? And there's beauty in that. We get to learn how to manage our emotions instead of allowing our emotions to manage us. When I get back, I'm going to share a personal story with you that I think you guys will be able to relate with. So stay tuned. about respect. Do you hear that song going through your head? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah, it happens every time I say the word respect or hear it. That song goes through my head. Okay, you guys might not agree with what I'm about to say, but I do not agree with the notion that respect has to be earned. I do not. It implies inequality, that we that some of us were born better than others. It implies that some of us are better than others. That is just simply not true. We are all equal. We all have weaknesses and we all have strengths. And because we are human beings, each of us deserves respect. It is not something that should have to be earned, period. Now, I know some of you out there may be like, what? What are you talking about? You have no idea what you're talking about, Julie. Well, okay. It's okay if you feel that way. I honor your feelings, but I will simply say that when we stop seeing ourselves as a victim, it's easier to stop seeing other people as victims. When we start accepting and acknowledging the humanness in each of us, we can then see others in the same light. 
when we are sharing, we are sharing, we're choosing to be vulnerable. We're choosing to own how we think, feel, believe. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that, with sharing. However, when we share with an agenda attached to it, when we're sharing in hopes that somebody will come to our side and agree with us, when we're sharing in hopes that they will meet our expectations that we've placed on them to be and do and think and believe a certain way, that's a whole other story. And I do not agree with that. And I will tell you why. I have never seen a positive result when somebody enters into a conversation with an expectation of conformity, where they literally do not honor the God-given agency of another person. I have never seen anything constructive or beneficial or productive from that. What I have seen is somebody get on the defense and arguments start or contention develops. I have seen where people are shamed and they carry that shame and they truly believe there's they're not okay just for being alive. Now, I, I, I reference this a lot, but it's important to point out, okay, guilt is I cause the problem. Shame is I am the problem. When you start shaming somebody for the way they think, their behaviors, their actions, what results from that is a sense of condemnation that they, there is, they're wrong just for being alive, okay? They can adopt the shame that you're projecting, And it can be very disastrous. It can be very damaging to a person's psyche. So I think that the fear here and the reason why people will share with an agenda is because there's a fear that they're operating from. And this fear is one of condoning something that they believe is wrong or two, that they are in essence compromising their own morals and values by not speaking up against what they deem as wrong or what they know to be wrong. So I think there's this fine line and I think that it's common for people to struggle to know how to navigate that fine line. Where is that line? When is it when am I condoning something that is wrong? When should I be speaking up? When should I be Um, how should I be sharing my truth? Should I just be stuffing it down and say nothing? The, the, I think the confusion is surrounding communication and I will talk in our, in another episode, I will share all about communication so that you can take what I'm sharing today and then, um, add to it communication skills that will help you. But I think it's important to bring to light the the difference between sharing from a space of love and sharing from a space of fear. You have to look at what's motivating your speech and your actions because nine times out of 10, most people won't even hear what you're saying. They will feel the energy of what you're saying, but they won't hear what you're actually trying to say. And if we don't check in with ourselves first and foremost, when we lack the self-awareness part, then our speech and our actions can become very muddy and uh, yield undesirable results. I think when we, I think the greatest 
And probably one of the most strongest ways that we can convey any message to anyone is how we choose to live our own lives. And that so often it's in our actions or the example that we're setting that speaks louder than our words. So respect, no, I don't think it's something that has to be earned. I think it needs to just be given. And that when respect is present, then we can enter into true and honest communication. When respect is not there, I think that we're missing the honesty part. The honesty part that means that, hey, I recognize that I'm also not perfect and probably don't really have any place in judging you or in um, coercing you or manipulating you or um, obligating you to be and do and think like me. When I get back, I'm going to share with you a story that I think you guys will be able to relate with, and hopefully you'll be able to take something valuable out of what I'm sharing. Several years ago, when we were having our presidential primary elections, there really wasn't a candidate that I was impressed with or could fully back. Uh, There wasn't really a candidate that I was in complete agreement with, and it made it very difficult. Going on to social media was very difficult for me because everyone seemed so venomous. There was so much emotional vomiting all over each other. (laughs) There was such a strong emotional charge on social media that it made it very uncomfortable and very difficult to even be on social media. And yet, at my core, I felt like I needed to assert myself and assert my views and stand up for what I felt and believed was true and right and good. Unfortunately, my opinion was not a popular opinion. And because I lacked communication skills at the time, I did not communicate in a way that people could hear my message. They could only pick up my tone. And it caused close friends and family members to be on the defense. Nothing positive resulted from that. There was no, you know, debate's not a bad thing if you know how to communicate. (laughs) You know, if you know how to communicate effectively, And with respect, you can share your points of views, even if they're different, and come to greater understandings. It can be beneficial, but most people lack communication skills, and so debate becomes muddy and messy and emotionally charged and can result in a negative outcome. And this was the case with social media, and I nearly lost a dear childhood friend over asserting myself and getting up on my platform, so to speak. Um, I thought I was doing my civic duty, but there, the problem wasn't that I was lacking integrity or lacking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
well, let's just say the problem wasn't that I wasn't willing to face my fears of owning an unpopular opinion, but that my delivery was terrible. (laughs) And so I learned from that, that my truth is not necessarily everybody else's truth. Conversely, we can say that everyone else's truth is not our truth. We, I, it just seems to me that there seems to be a lot of fear surrounding our differences, whether they're physical, whether they're emotional, whether they're mental or spiritual. Anytime there's differences, there just seems to be this low tolerance for differences. And we take and perceive these differences as threats. And we don't really know what to do when we find ourselves in situations where there's a disagreeance. And it is, it is a myth. It is a complete myth and fabrication, this notion that we have to be in complete agreement with people in order to love them. That is not true. You can love a person and still respect each other's differences. If this whole, because think about it, if, if we didn't, guys, then that would mean that con- conversely, we all have to be exactly alike. We all have to be clones of each other in order for love to exist. And that's just ridiculous because none of us are made or born to be exactly the same. It's, it's, a, it's ridiculous to buy into that notion. <laughs> okay, not one, two, n- not any two people are exactly the same. Not even twins. They might look alike. They might act alike. They may be able to finish each other's sentences, but there's always some sort of differences that they also have. Maybe there's fewer, but they're still there. So I think that when we have differences, instead of looking at it as a bad thing, that if we could look at those differences through the lens of humility, meaning being teachable, that we don't, we can let go of having all the answers and truly listen. Just listen. What harm is that going to do? What does it mean if somebody disagrees with you? What does that mean about you if somebody disagrees with you? Ask yourself that question. Does it mean that everybody has to agree with you and be like you and do like you and think like you? No. And if you are holding that expectation, I guarantee you will be disappointed. You are setting yourself up for disappointment unnecessarily. So here's the thing, guys. We all have triggers. We all have imperfections. We all have something that is true to us that isn't true to somebody else. It is possible. Now, you know what's interesting is this past weekend, my boys went to go and visit their stepmom. Now, what I relate to that time is is painful because it surrounds my divorce, right? So my experience was different and my truth is different than my boys. My boys experience and their truth is different. Even my ex-husband's truth and his experiences were different. So same person, but all three or all four of us have different experiences that we associate and relate to this one individual. And it doesn't make this one individual good or bad. It has nothing to do really with the individual at all has to do with each of us 
and what we took away from our experiences. So it is possible that you may have an experience that somebody else may share with you and you may come away with a completely different understanding, completely different set of feelings and beliefs. And, and I think that is an important part to recognize in any experiences that we have, that if we can see it truly as it is, that perhaps somebody had a different experience, that we can hold a space for them and allow them to have those experiences. You know, like my boys, they had a good experience that was associated with their stepmom. Now, why would I want to take that away from them? Hmm? If I were to share all of the toxic stuff that surrounded my divorce with my boys, that would be robbing them of of something in their life that brought them joy. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to rain on their parade? Is that truly going to make me feel better? No, it's going to make me feel crappy. You know, this is the thing is that we can own how we feel, even if it's different than somebody else. And then we can hold a space for differences and celebrate those differences. Variety is the spice of life. Do you know how boring and droll this world would be if we were all alike? I couldn't live in it because, you know, there's days, quite frankly, when I I get sick and tired of myself. <laughs> You know, there's days when sometimes my own weaknesses are a struggle and a challenge and I don't, I'm not the fondest of myself or my behaviors or my thoughts. And I have to do a lot of work and then I get exhausted. And sometimes I wish I could just shut that down, you know, and I can't imagine if I had to live in a world with a whole bunch of Julies running around, that would just be a nightmare. Thank goodness there are people out there who are different than me and bring something different to the table. Now, conversely, um, I don't say that to, oh, poor Julie. No, I mean, I see good in me. And there are days when I wish the whole world could be a whole bunch of Julies. <laughs> it works both ways. But my point in all of this is that variety is the spice of life. That each of us being individuals and having different upbringings and different experiences, I mean, how awesome is that? That is fantastic that we could all be in this world together and have our own set of unique experiences and beliefs and thoughts and feelings that we don't have to be like everybody else. We weren't made to be like everybody else. We were meant to come and leave our own mark on the world. And we do that through sharing, letting down our guard, being vulnerable acknowledging that we can share from a space of understanding that we're all equal, that we all have our weaknesses and strengths, and we can let go of expectations and agendas, that we can let God handle the judgment part. I think he's the most qualified. <laughs> and, and trust me, it's going to be a lot nicer than probably what we can extend because he brings to the table mercy and grace and love, perfect love and forgiveness. He he can do it so much better than we can. So, like, who wants to be judged? Not me. <laughs> I hope that you guys were able to find value in today's episode. That's always my desire. You know, I'm not kidding myself when I say, you know, 
a lot of people do podcasting. And I was I was laughing. I have to share this last bit with you guys. I was laughing with my ex. I was talking to him. Um, we were sharing about our our take with the boy's recent visit to their stepmom. And in this conversation, he was kind of uh, joking with me about the name of my podcast. And I said, yeah, I've changed it a few times. I, you know, quite frankly, I don't know why I love, I just love podcasting. I don't even have a business right now, but I love podcasting and it's sort of become this hobby of mine. So I don't do it for money and I don't do it as, you know, something to promote my business necessarily. Um, Although I always do true love, but uh, I love true love skincare and that's been the tool and continues to be, but it's not, at this point in my life, I'm kind of letting go of a lot of expectations I've placed on myself um, to discover if the if they were even mine to begin with. Like I'm going through this phase of of just learning how to go more with the flow and to let things be more organic and natural rather than force. I have held myself to a very high expectation for many, many, many years, and I started cracking under that pressure. And so I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I need to take a breather. So this podcast, I'm doing this podcast, and you know, I was talking to my ex-husband about it, whom I've known since the age of four. Um, so we've known each other for, gosh, 42 years. And in this conversation, I told him, I said, you know, I'm not gilding the lily. I'm not, I'm not kidding myself. I don't know that what I'm sharing is really that interesting to people. Um, I don't expect people to be fully immersed in my life and totally excited and, you know, interested in knowing exactly every detail of my life. I think I podcast for me. (laughs) And if somebody can benefit, great. I'll put it out there just on, you know, uh, just so that if, if they benefit, great, you know, it's just one of those things, but I don't expect it. I don't expect people to benefit from what I'm saying or to be interested in my life. I live a very simple and practical life and I like it that way. Um, there are some people who have like my husband who have lived very full lives, who have done extraordinary things in their lives, who are far more interesting in my opinion than, than, than me in my life. But, you know, this is what I'm saying about everybody brings something different to the table. Well, I have a very simplified view of life. And maybe I appreciate it because for so long, my life felt complicated, and has felt hard. There's been a lot of things I've had to overcome and learn. And it's felt like constant work, and it continues to be but it's getting better. I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say it's easier, but I've acquired tools in my toolbox that have helped me navigate through life with a little more, yeah, I guess a little more ease, maybe. And I've learned to rely more on God for his help and his strength during my hard times. But there's something about podcasting, and I think one of the reasons it's so popular is because there are people like me who process externally, who who talking really benefits them. When they can express, they can hear themselves, they can organize their thoughts as they're talking and hear themselves for the first time. And so sometimes when I podcast, I'll put a message out there that's on my heart and then I'll go back and listen to it and understand my own thoughts and feelings a little better. 
Now, I know that seems really wild to some of you who may be listening, but this is the way I process information. I share. And, um, and you know, I'm just, I'm just a human being. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a wife. I am a creator. I love to create things. Um, I love nature and beauty. But, you know, my life is simple. And I'm pretty practical. <laughs> and I like a peaceful, uncomplicated life. That's the life that I've tried and have strived to create for myself. And I have succeeded in doing that. So podcasting has become this sort of hobby for me. And I love when people leave messages and can share um, because I get so much satisfaction from sharing. And I know how beneficial it is for me to be able to have kind of the sounding board, so to speak. I love giving that to other people. It's a gift. You tuning in and listening to what I'm sharing is a gift for me because in a way you are a sounding board. You're, you are providing an outlet for me to share and to do it in a safe space. And I so appreciate that. All of you listeners who, who do t- tune in, thank you for giving me that gift. Thank you for respecting um, some of my differences and my points of view. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being present and being a witness to my life. That is a gift. You've given me a gift. And I hope in return that there's something that I that I can give to you that's going to help you in your life, that will help you in your relationships and um, maybe offer some encouragement that you won't feel alone and you won't feel discouraged, but that you'll know, hey, there's somebody else who's just a, a regular mom and wife and, you know, daughter, child of God, who's doing the best she can in life, just like me, you know, Um I think we all have the capacity to create the lives that we really desire and that we can live in that space. And I hope that that's what this podcast does for you is that, that it helps you to come into clarity about the life that you want to create for yourself and, um, and the experiences that you want to have. So this, this journey in life is quite extraordinary and what a magnificent time to be alive and to experience these, experience these, these uh, opportunities, the highs, the lows and everything in between and to be able to walk each other home, right? What a beautiful thing that is. So with that guys, this is the end of this ep- or yes, yeah, the end of this episode <laughs> And I appreciate you listening. Make today great. Bye-bye.